the Freed from the Real podcast is brought to you each week by PureMTGO.com, MTGOTraders.com, and CapeFearGames.com. You can listen to us each week on PureMTGO.com, MTGOTraders.com, and MTGCast.com. Welcome to Freed from the Real, episode 216. I'll be one of your hosts this week, Kia, and then with me as well, we have Sebastian. Hey, everybody. So, obviously, you can guess uh, AJ could not make it on with us this week. But this is the, the Freed from the Real podcast where we talk about um, things, news and updates related to Magic Online and those things related to Magic Offline that are of interest to us as well. Obviously, something that'll be of interest to both Magic Online and Offline would be the upcoming block uh, starting in September. Uh, they've announced all three of the names of the sets for the blocks. We have the lead set being Theros, um, formerly awesome. called Red Friends. We were told the middle set will be Born of the Gods, and then the final set is going to be Journey into Nyx. And we have just a little bit of information about the Pro Tour release dates. It's going to be a large set, obviously, being the first set in the block. And then we have a picture of what looks like um, one of the Greek gods or titans looming over a landscape about to throw a lance at Neptune, it looks like. Who knows? It's like, at some point, I mean, it's, it's a pretty giant... It's like, to put it in perspective, Danae put a lot of trees in the front, and the tree is the size of his thumb, maybe. Yeah, yeah. So, obviously, like, a very... You know, Greco-Roman style things, you know, Clash of the Titans type theme, it looks like. Um, which can be interesting. It'll kind of be like Rise of the Eldrazi meets, like, real-life um, humanoid style gods mm-hmm. and stuff like that, as opposed to more Phyrexian style stuff. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 pretty cool. Eric Lauer led the set design, uh, or the set development, um, with Mark Rosewater again taking the lead. Because, you know, Mark Rosewater loves to do that, so. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, in the, they're, you know, a, the great dynamic duo right now of uh, Mark Rosewater designing and Eric Lauer uh, helping develop those sets. And they got a great crew as well. Looks like a uh, release date is going to be, for us, on Magic Online, probably early October, with a normal release date of September 27th. We have several sets. Uh, Magic 2014, Modern Masters, and Dragon's Maze to come out before we get to Theros. We'll, you know, be getting more information later, but we'll keep you posted as that comes in. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely a lot better than the last um, human-based thematic set, which I believe was Ravnica. So, or not Ravnica, but uh, Kamigawa. So, I mean, compared to Kamigawa, there's no way this is worse. So. Yeah, I like to say that for most sense. But yeah, we'll let you know. Okay, um, let's see. In additional news we have... Um, Announced, you know, both on the message boards and via Twitter, where we found that John, uh, one of the members of the Limited Resources podcast, is going to be moving along to the Magic Online development team, uh, which is, you know, kind of you know, sad. You know, it's a great podcast that will obviously continue to live on. Um, I'm sure they'll find someone to fill in for John uh, just as much as, you know, when Ryan got replaced uh, for also joining the Magic Online development team. 
you know, he'll be missed. He does a good job on the podcast there. Yeah, I mean, he's he's obviously very talented what he does, and he really comes through in the podcast. And it's a lot of congratulations for uh, to both Watsi and to John. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's a win for both of them, and especially yeah. and we we care here because it's it's not just like the magic on, magic um, development team, but the magic online development team, and we're we're really excited to have someone who like loves the game uh, join that team along with other people who love the game to really make it what it is, or what's going to be in the next few years. Yeah, absolutely. So that like, he'll be a good addition, I feel. And also, um, apparently a good note is that if you want to make your way to a job working on Magic Online, it would be a good idea to be a part of the Limited Resources podcast. Yeah. Uh, that, <laughs> it's apparently like, a, it's apparently what's two for four so far? Yeah, <laughs> so, I, I think so, yeah. Yeah, so that's, uh, I mean, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, so a coin, um, a coin flip's yeah. chance of getting a job at Wizards of the Coast. Yeah. One, one way or another. I mean, but, but all things aside, congrats, John, for all you've done and all you will do. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, yeah, I just wanted to get, throw that in there. Um, let's see. Other news we have. Uh, for those of you who've been playing a lot of Standard, you know what Call of the Concave is, and you probably appreciate um, Teresa Nielsen's amazing art style. But if you are not a huge fan, or if you want to see some cooler art from a guy named Anthony, Anthony something, can't really tell what his last name is. But basically, the April Eponym promo will be called the Conclave. Uh, really not sure what his... Oh, Anthony Palumbo. Is that how you pronounce it? Palumbo? Palumbo, I think. Yeah. Anyways, it's really cool. I, I like it a lot. It, it seems like... Um, it seems as if there's a centaur who's jumping over something, calling out something. So, I mean, I think that pretty much sums up the entire card. Yeah. Yeah, it's... Interesting, a little more cartoony than uh, my tastes prefer, typically, but interesting nonetheless. Also, the other important note is that this is just this is this is officially released as the Friday Night Magic promo for the month of April. We haven't gotten official word on whether or not this is one of the months where we are in sync with Friday Magic promo, or if we're not, and we're going to have a Thursday night online promo that is different from. That I'm sure by the time this podcast goes live, we'll probably know one way or the other. But, you know, if it's not this month, then we can look forward to hopefully sometime soon, while it's still in standard, getting the promotional call to Conclave available on Match Online. That's, I mean, it's going to be fun. And, and the, the cope, of course, is like you got to cross your fingers and hope this isn't an April Fool's joke. But given that this was posted a few days earlier, I think we're fine. Yeah, no, and we've, and we've got, you know, if you look at the link that we've included, there is a picture of a store owner. And a pretty legitimate looking picture holding packs of what appear to be called the Conclave promos for Friday yep. Magic. So I can't imagine. That'd be a silly April Fool's Day joke. Not that Wizards of the Coast has not done things that seem so insignificant that it doesn't seem like it could be a joke that turned out to be an April Fool's Day joke. They love this holiday for some reason. Yeah, I have no idea. Yeah. I mean, so many people love it so much, so. Yeah, and it's it's just weird the way they they go about it sometimes. But yeah, I think this one's pretty legitimate. Um, so yeah, pretty cool, fun little promo. Um, other legitimate news is the continuation of the you make the card contest. Yeah, we're, we're finally making some progress, uh, and it looks like um, for those of you who don't know, you make a card is a competition where Magic playing people like us get to collectively design a card. And they, like, step us through it, and we design it, and we, like, make some really cool thing. 
Anyway, so far, I think we uh, the results came out, and by a, a margin of about 3,000 votes, enchantment beat our land, so we have an enchantment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because originally, when they did all the card types, they had to have, decided to have a runoff due to how close it was. Sadly, I again put my vote in for land, and, but we didn't quite get there, so we'll have an enchantment, which, you know, there's there's lots of fun enchantments that have been print, printed, like, you know, Necropotence and stuff, so... <laughs> Yeah, I'm not sure they'll let us make that, but um, I mean, maybe maybe uh, Necropolis Junior. Yes. So Yagmas Morgan. <laughs> yeah. Maybe, <laughs> maybe a Yagmas Bargain Junior. Yeah. And so it's like six mana, two life, draw a card, or four life, draw a card. Yeah. Oh yeah, we'll see. Um, but what's really cool is they've they've given you know some additional time voting is actually going to open um, the day this podcast goes up, actually. You'll be able, we'll be able to vote on the color is going to be the next section, and voting is going to be open through Thursday night at midnight. And that's and, midnight uh, Pacific Standard Time, or P- Pacific Daylight Savings Time, I guess. Yeah, the, yeah, the, the Wizards of the Coast official time, as they, they use it. You'll be able to vote, in addition to using the website, more than likely when they'll have the article, and you can click your vote. There's also the option to vote using a uh, Twitter hashtag of uh, YMTC3, which I'm not sure why it's three. I guess because this is the third step in the process, because this is the fourth, you make the card. Yeah, I, 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 I thought it was, a, it was a typo, but I'm guessing it has to be, it's a third step, round yeah. two. I mean, that's what actually it's, it said in the magic, um, someone mentioned it's round three, so. Yeah, that's that's what I would assume because then obviously you know next hashtag will be round four, round five, round six, so on and so forth. Uh, it's, it's a shame we can't have multicolor. I really want to vote for like red and black or red and green or more red and blue. Yeah, I think I think it'd be hard as a community to de- for a collective of people to design a multicolored card because there's so many restrictions and unique facets facets to that. I think I don't know. I mean, obviously you know they probably have a hard time. You know, they've said you know designing multicolor cards is trickier, and that's a group of ten to twelve people who are submitting cards. Then if you have seventy thousand, eighty thousand people submitting ideas for the card and putting their take on it, it's already a tricky process. Once we get to the end, I can't imagine how much more difficult it'd be in that situation. Yeah, I just I just really wanted the highest probability of it being broken. Yes. Um, so do I thought. So then you're gonna vote like, for blue. Is what exactly. No, I mean, yeah. you, can, you can vote for blue and red, right? Because if it's just pure blue, everyone's like, oh. Blue's already broken. We gotta like rain back the rain back the card. But if it's blue and red, it's like oh red's weak. We can probably get away with something here, and it'll be it'll be a format defining card. So yeah, uh, it's a uh, yeah. And they've included just a brief look at the the color pie as it stands today to give you an idea of the the philosophies that fit in each color. So if you think you have a particular idea in mind for what you want the enchantment to look like, or a type of ability you're hoping for. This lets you look at that and get a good idea. Um, you know, so it's out. You know, see all of your options there, and you can, you know, choose. Do you want to try and make the next Dream Halls or the next Necropotence or the next Survival of the Fittest? Or uh, I really can't think of a broken red or a white enchantment. Um, what's it called? The card Solidarity. Uh, solitary Confinement. Solitary Confinement was pretty yeah, good. Solitary yeah. Confinement. That'd be the white one, and. I cannot think of a red enchantment saving my life, except for, like, the red Honden, but that's not broken. I mean, that's a good point. I guess we should vote for red, then. 
Yeah, red doesn't red has not had the the game breaking enchantment that I can think of off the top of my head. I mean, there was the uh, sulfuric vortex. Oh yeah, sulfuric vortex is pretty awesome. It's like clearly the broken red enchantment is the one that deals lots of damage. And blood moon was pretty good for a while. Oh yeah, yeah, blood moon. Yeah, that's not broken. That was that was more just taking advantage of a metagame, I would say. Yeah. And you know, an environment where it's beneficial. Certainly a good card, but. Not broken in the same way that, like, Dream Halls or Necropotence was. Um, and broken in terms of, like, we lost... I would, I would always lose cards when I played against this deck. Would be Confusion in the Ranks, if you remember, back in Mirrodin. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I kept losing cards that way. It was just... It was really bad. Yeah. You would forget about, like, oh, that's no longer my card. And it's like, hey, where did my, where did my uh, dragons go? Yeah. I, and I, like we said, like, I'm pretty sure the card responsible for the most accidental and probably intentional theft of all time has got to be control magic. Mm-hmm. Um, because control there's, magic. A, there's a card where you took your opponent's card in an era where the majority of players didn't play with sleeps. Exactly. Like yeah. in the early days, like I know middle school magic, like I took people's cards all the, like on accident. And the next day you'd be like, oh yeah, I was going through my, my you know, blue black control deck and I found a Sarah Angel in there. That's clearly yours. Which, by the way, for those of you, uh, the newer players out there, Sarah Angel used to be an expensive rare. I realize it's an uncommon right now, so you have no idea what Kia's talking about. But back in the day, Sarah Angel was, like, the most amazing card in the world. Yeah. Yeah, the, I, yeah. no, it's foreign to new listeners, but yes, once upon a time, Sarah Angel was the control finisher of choice. <laughs> um, and it wasn't even close. <laughs> it was like, that was the card to go with. He did? She doesn't untap? She doesn't tap? What? That's broken. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, she was actually, she was, once upon a time, she was pulled from the base set for being overpowered. For being too good, yeah. Yeah, she was too good of a creature to include in the base set. They're like, that's not the power level we want for creatures anymore. Um, Can you imagine? And, then, and then ironically, like, a year later, they printed Flame Tongue Kabu. <laughs> yep. Um, I guess like, all, anything with Pyromancers in its name was pretty good. Yeah, like, that's true. Pyromancer yeah, Pyromancer Swath, Ascend- yeah, Pyromancer's Ascension, the awesome play. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, I would, I would really love a red enchantment, I guess. A blue enchantment would basically be, like, draw 10 cards, so. Yeah. Although, I, I really did, like, standstill, except the what it did to the game. Yeah, so you, so you liked it other than the fact of what it is in Magic? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and yeah. I, like, I like the idea of it in the abstract. I just hated, like, playing with it or against it. It was just like, oh, I can't play cards. That seems really counterintuitive. Yeah, very true. No, so there's... There's potential in every color, and there's fun things that can happen in every color for enchantment. But if you want to continue to take part, go out there and and rock the vote, I guess, for your color. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway. I, I don't know what I'm going to vote for yet, so I don't know. We'll see. I, I think I'm, I'm convinced to vote red. You're going to go red? You might, have um, sold, you might have sold me on red, but I mean... I mean, gonna go there's no, I mean, it's like it's like sort of voting. It's like being a Republican in California. Like your vote doesn't really matter, right? Like in a similar vein, like voting for red doesn't matter. Blue's obviously going to win. Yeah. Well, I mean, the, you want to put on the flip side, that could be in my case where voting, you know, Democratic in Texas doesn't matter. So. Exactly. Yeah. Um, one of those one of those two things makes perfect sense to me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> okay. Uh, but we're gonna push right off of politics and and steer back into magic. Yeah, because... Um, And something equally as absurd as politics, and that is the announcement of the Magic Online Festival of Old Limited Seals. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) I I don't know why we're talking about this, because by the time this podcast is up, you guys have already played in it. Mm -hmm. 
But um, basically, for those of you who are listening now, you missed out on a great opportunity to play in a Phantom event that was held on, on April Fool's Day. So, Festival, F-O-O-L, funny, right? I think it's a little funny. No, yeah. not really. Festival of Old Limited Sealed, yeah. Yeah. I, I'm mad because, like, when I initially read this excitement or, or announcement, I was really excited, and I thought this would be really cool. And then I put it, I was like, wait a minute, let's look at the acronym here, let's look at the date it is supposed to occur, and then I got annoyed. <laughs> yeah. So did this event happen, or will it happen, or we, will it not? We don't know. I mean, I'm at this point in time, at the time of our recording, before April Fool's Day, I am assuming this is an April Fool's Day joke. Okay. Which makes me mad, because another example of why I don't like this holiday. Uh, <laughs> because this sounded really cool to me, and I really want it to be real, because I want to play in this. Yeah, sort of like what the guys at like TJ Collectibles do um, on the East Coast. They have those chaos drafts, where you they have like a bag of like random packs, and you like have drafts of like Urza's Legacy, um, Ravnica, uh, Return to Ravnica, and Deception. Yeah. Or Return, or, or Return to Ravnica and like Lorwyn. It's like, what? <laughs> yeah, and it's just that just seems really fun. And it's written up in a way that makes it seem fairly legitimate. You know, it has a six-ticket entry. It's a phantom tournament. Uh, you get prizes based on match wins. It, seem, it looks like any other announcement of any other off-the-wall style event that they would do. My only concern is that it is an acronym that says FOOLS, and it takes place on April 1st. <laughs> yep. I mean, it'd be really funny if one of the packs, like, you get at random was, like, Oh, I got the Master's Edition pack? Huh. Yeah. No, but I, I hope it's real, and I'm still going to dream and hope that it is there and legitimate and try and play in it. But if it's not, then... And I hate April Fool's Day. Yep, it's not fun. I hope for... I, like, anyway, let us know what you guys have uh, done in that event. If you guys played it or if you didn't, um, you, you'll, you'll have a better idea of what it is when this thing's airing. So. Absolutely. Uh, and let's see, other news we have. Oh yeah, finally we have another spoiler from Dragon's Maze. Yeah, and it's uh, it is not Dragon's Maze this time. It's Maze's End, which is a mythic land, and it it's enters the battlefield tapped. Tap to add one colorless mana to your mana pool. But this is a real kicker. Three, pay three and tap it. Return Maze's End to its owner's hand. Search your library for a gate card, put it onto the battlefield, and shuffle your library. If you control ten or more gates with different names, you win the game. So, <laughs> Bizarro alternate win condition land. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I think it's legendary, too, is the other thing they said. It's um, mythic, I think, yeah. Yeah, I think it's a mythic. Oh, it's, also, also, it's legendary land? That makes sense. I think so, yeah. Which I, I hope think it's not. That, yeah, it'd be much better if it wasn't, obviously. Um... Because if nothing else, if it actually was a a viable situation where it was worthwhile to play, well then you run into the issue of having to wasteland your opponent's mazes ends with yours, and you get into this big war. Um, and it's cute, um, but considering they had with the words with different names, um, I'm pretty sure it keeps it from being competitively playable. If not, other things keep it from that. But certainly, considering you would need one of each individual gate. That uh, it'd be be cute. it'll be yeah. cute and it'll be fun, and I'm sure people will enjoy it. But certainly not anything for the competitive environment. Exactly, it's it's nothing like the uh, the the gruel champion we saw last week. So, yeah, nothing more to say about it. Cute and fun, 
And, you know, if you ever pull it off, please email us a screenshot uh, so we can see your victory via Maze of End. That'd be very sweet. So the real trick about this is, is you have to float. So my thought was in modern, right? You float three mana. You have it in play, right? And then you shape shift. Um, you shape shift the uh, or scape shift. Scape shift. Yeah. Scape shift away all your lands and bring them on to play and just win the game. Hmm. That'd be pretty sweet. Yeah, but then you can just. It also just like brought in, you know, delicates or some. Yeah. Some like, type. The problem. Yeah, it's like the problem with your plan is there's just at that point there are many other things you could have done. Yeah. But anyway, in any case, it, it seems like a fun card. Yeah, it'd be, it's all about the style and the panache at that point. So, you know, yeah. more power on you if that's what you want to do. Yeah. Okay. I think it's going to wrap up all of our news this week. Um, quite a bit of it, even if it's, a lot of it's pretty brief, but uh, fun stuff. Let's move on to prices. Not a whole lot of action going on right now. Um, you know, we've got the Pro Tour just around the corner. Mm-hmm. I believe it is block constructed. It is uh, for the constructed portion. So just very important to keep an eye on any standouts from the event. Make sure you snap them up quick. But um, if you, you see an interesting deck you want to play, I would try and yep. find the pieces of it as soon as you can. Uh, particularly any mythics. Um, if there's a you know a weird mythic that starts to see play, that's you know two dollars or so in that deck, I would suggest you get them immediately upon int- finding your interest in that deck, that mythic will go up pretty quickly. Yeah, I mean, so, I mean, other than that, the, the usual champions are around the same price. Boros Reckoner is, you know, staying steady around 710. We have the um, Alurius Fury, or Aurelius Fury. Anyway, that card's around uh, 480, so mm-hmm. that's pretty standard. The Breeding Pool is 407, Stomping Ground is 561, which is no longer ridiculous levels above everyone else. Yeah, it's, I mean, it was just a matter of time, just being a regular rare in the set. It had to had to bounce Come back, back out. Yeah, it just had to bounce back out. Yep, and then like we have Sphinx's uh, Revelation still being Gigantuum at 37 tickets. Uh, Rakdos Return, the red-black equivalent of Sphinx's Revelation being not as Gigantuum at like 1252. Jace, Jace the Architect of Thought, being at 1474. Um, that's pretty much it, I think. Well, and the Angel. The Angel has come back with the the resurgence of Junk Reanimator. Angel oh, yeah. has made her way back up. She dipped down to about 11, I think, at one point. It's now back up to 2181. So there's some pretty valuable stuff in block uh, to keep an eye on. And there's some you know that are heating up now. Aurelia, the War Leader, is starting to see some play here and there and has gotten up to now just under seven tickets. Yeah. Oh, and we can't forget Obsidot. Yeah. Those council. Yeah. Obsidot. That guy's. Yeah. Yeah. Him and Domri Raid have both not really done so much price-wise, but I mean they started out in the the twelve and fifteen or sixteen dollar range, and they're still kind of there. Obsidot has gained a little bit as he's seen more play. They have seen more play, I guess. Um. It is a advisor. It's a council. Hmm. It's a good question. Well, let us know in the show notes if you guys think it's a they or it or <laughs> he or she. Yeah, are they bound together at this point? Maybe it's a, a, one individual. I don't know. Not the time to fuss about pronouns. Um, so, yeah. A couple other just interesting notes. Uh, one thing that's fun to look at is uh, to see just how Bananas' absence Restored has become. 
oh, we were expecting this, and we were letting everyone know for a long time. So this is your take this as your token. We told you so. Yeah, I mean, we got you know, looking at mythics, obviously, Bonfire the Damned at twenty nine twenty five, Craterhoof Behemoth at twenty four twenty two, Gristlebrand at seventeen forty one, Tamio at thirteen thirty nine, uh, Sigarda at nine forty seven. But the craziest thing is that this is the first. This might be the first set in the modern mythic era to have two twenty dollar rares while it's in standard. I could be wrong, mm-hmm. but you know, Cavern of Souls is at twenty two twenty six. And Restoration Angel is at twenty four sixty two. I'm not positive I mean, that I haven't. Done, I don't have the facts to back that up. But just uh, thinking back in recent memory, I can't remember a set in the modern Mythic era having two twenty dollar rares. Um, rares? Yeah, I guess that's true. Um, On top of having multiple, you know, twenty and, and eighteen dollar Mythics, like there's exactly yeah. the value in the set is just highly concentrated. And I also think this goes to show an interesting point about. Um, the effect of other factors on prices. So one thing was that this is a big set at the end of a block, so it doesn't get drafted as much for that purpose. The other thing is that this was a widely panned draft format and limited format in general. Like, I know a lot of people just did not like it, myself included, and that affects, like, the play numbers to a degree. Like, people just rather buy cards, and as a result, less of it gets opened, and you see higher prices. So if you find a limited format you hate and everyone else seems to hate it, you should probably play it a lot to get a lot of cards from it or buy a lot of those cards. Yep. I mean, it was a really bad format to play. Yeah, um, it, it just was not, it was not fun. I, I remember it. I mean, they they tried to limit removal in an effort to make Soul Bond really functional, and all that really did was kind of hurt the format pretty badly. Yeah, removal really is the grand equalizer, so... In any case, uh, other than that, to just wrap up really quickly, if you don't like looking at high card prices, dodge, uh, dark, uh, also dodge in Australia because we have Liliana's Avail at 40, Guys of St. Traft at 30, and then drops off a little bit, Hummaster of the Fells is at 23, and yeah. Falcon, Aristocrats at 28. So. Yeah. And then you, well, you also have like Garouk Relentless at 17, you have Olivia at 19, there's a lot of stuff. The interesting thing to think about would be to look at these sets and seeing that there are multiple $20 and $30 Mythics and some $40 in some cases, and then go back and look at Return to Ravnica and Gate Crash, which are still being drafted, and you just don't see those numbers as much. Well, a year from now, there's probably going to be something in those range, so you might want to start stocking up on those Mythics. Like, don't let, don't forget about, you know, Master Biomancer. If you like the card and you want it, you don't want to wait around for him to become the $28 Mythic six months from now, so just get him while he's $4.33. You know, get Prime Speaker Zagana while she's 603 If you like a card, get it, especially if it's Mythic, because if it finds a home in a tournament deck, then all heck breaks loose. Yeah, pretty much. Um, yeah, and, and that's pretty much it. The lands are holding steady around 2 or 3, so... Have fun, guys. Magic is fun. Expensive, but fun. So. Yeah. Just, you know, apparently you got to buy early. That's the key. Um, all right. So that kind of covers all of our prices for this week. Leads into our question of the week. And our, for our question, we have, what color do you want uh, from our You Make Card enchantment? Oh, Sebastian, you've already thrown your vote in for red. I, I'm still kind of torn. Um, Between red and broken? Yeah. Choose red. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and I mean, the biggest problem is, like, 
I don't have the faith in the community as a whole to make a overly powerful busted card. You know, as history has shown, really, Crucible of Worlds. I mean, Crucible of Worlds is pretty good, certainly. Um, but one for three is not great, you know, unless you're a major league batter. I don't know. Yeah, I'll have to think out some more. I've obviously got a couple of days to figure it out. But if you already know or you want to share with us or you want to try to influence my vote, then feel free to leave us some comments in the show notes and let us know what uh, color for enchantment you are interested in seeing before you make the card. Yeah, and don't say colorless. It's not funny. Yeah, not an option. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, that kind of brings us to the end of the podcast here. So, Sebastian, what you been playing? I've been recovering from the Penny Arcade Expo where I went and had a lot of fun, you know, doing a lot of stuff with Watsi and judging and really enjoying the sites. I, uh, you know, I got to play a lot of cube draft in real life, and that's always fun, especially when you realize that you're, you should stop riffle shuffling the moxes that are in your deck. Yeah, I was just about to ask if it was a powered cube or not, so that's cool. Yeah, it was a powered cube, and it was a, I, I do apologize uh, as a shadow. I'm sorry, dude. Won't do it again, Aaron. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, and it's it's always cool to see real life art alterations. I mean, that's one of the things I always always miss about like online ma- online magic is, man, real life altered cards are just so awesome. Um, really wish we could get some digital artists to do that to my cards. So. Yeah. Yeah, there's some pretty neat stuff out there um, for alterations for magic cards, which has become a whole crazy cottage industry into itself. Uh, a lot of fun. As for myself, I've pretty much just been doing some drafts. I've drafted probably um, Gate Crash probably about once a day uh, for the last week or so. Nice. Yeah, unfortunately, it's mostly just I had leftover packs from, you know, all my daily events. Um, You didn't want to sell? (laughs) Yeah, well, I I didn't really want to sell them. I'd rather just, I like drafting when it's fun. But now I'm pretty much out of those because I'm not very good at drafting. (laughs) Uh, Again, you know, you win all the packs with Constructed and then you burn through them all with it reminds me of that old story about uh, what's his name Johnny Chan and how he he used, he won the he won two World Series of Poker main events in a row and then proceeded to lose it all in blackjack. So <laughs> yeah, that's uh yeah good plan. That's why when he says winner winner chicken dinner he literally had to have a chicken dinner. It wasn't he didn't have enough money left over for for a steak dinner. <laughs> he so. had to, he had to get the comp to the buffet. Yeah exactly. Yeah. All right, well that is gonna cover us for this week's edition of the podcast. Um, if you have any questions, any comments, any constructive criticisms, you can leave us a comment in the show notes at puremtgo.com. Or if you'd like to get in touch with us directly as well, you can email us at freedfromtherealmtgo at gmail.com. That is all one word, no spaces, freedfromtherealmtgo at gmail.com. Okay, well, thank you so much for tuning in this week. We will catch you next week with all the news and updates. Uh, Till then, play some magic, have some fun. Yeah, have a good week, everybody. And enjoy April Fool's Day. Happy Easter. Yeah. Happy end of Ramadan. Or, sorry, not Ramadan. What's the Jewish one? Passover. Passover, yes. There we go. No more month. All right. Later.